Shaker Heights was a dream within a dream, part Garden of Eden, part Camelot, part World of Tomorrow. It had lawns and trees and winding roads and handsome homes and golf courses and some of the nation's best schools and rapid transit into the heart of a major city. Its parks were slices of raw wilderness left unspoiled and right at hand to enjoy. At its heart, Shaker Square was a modern, well-appointed shopping district built to recall a New England village green. The town was among the crests of that great energetic wave of American expansion known as the Roaring Twenties. A man who brought his family to live there could count himself a true success, and children born there could count themselves truly lucky. Or so it would seem. Shaker Heights was a cloister, said Paul Newman, who grew up there from the age of two. It happens that he was a restless sort, but it also happens to be an apt description. The town had, in fact, been built on hallowed ground. Shaker Heights stood about ten miles from Public Square, the traditional heart of Cleveland, Ohio. Originally known as North Union, the area had first been settled in the 1820s by a colony of Shakers, one of those Protestant sects that thrived in young America and that took its name from the physically vigorous style of prayer practiced by its adherents. They called their new home the Valley of God's Pleasure, but it didn't please God for them to thrive there for long. Shakers are, by doctrine, celibate, increasing their numbers only through adoption and conversion. By 1889, a lack of newcomers meant that the once thriving community of hundreds had dwindled to 29 aging folks who could no longer maintain their homes or work their land. They sold their bit of heaven, 1,366 acres, including mills and other buildings, to a consortium of Cleveland investors for $316,000. The land was platted and renamed Shaker Heights, but it lay undeveloped for more than a decade. In 1905, Mantis and Oris Van Swearingen, a truly eccentric pair of Cleveland developers, acquired and built on a few of the unused lots, creating a small village. Within two years, the brothers had arranged for a streetcar line to come out to their parcels, acquired the rest of the undeveloped land, and unveiled their scheme for the town a paradise for prosperous families built along the English bourgeois ideal of the village. By 1920, when the Shaker Heights Rapid Transit Line was inaugurated to speed riders to and from Cleveland, Shaker Heights had more than 1,600 residents. Ten years later, it had swelled to more than 17,000, all living in single-family homes, none of which, per the Van Swearingen's plan, were exactly alike. Among the newcomers were Arthur S. Newman and his wife, Teresa, who invested in the dream of Shaker Heights in 1927, moving with their two sons, three-year-old Arthur and two-year-old Paul, into a big but not ostentatious $35,000 house at 2983 Brighton Road. That was a lot of money for the time, nearly a half million dollars in contemporary terms, but it was a remarkably flush moment for the national economy, and Art, as he was commonly known, wouldn't have spent it if he couldn't afford it. As secretary and treasurer of Newman Stern, Cleveland's largest and best-liked sporting goods and consumer electronics store, he was a man who had created out of whole cloth 
a business built on a nation's increased devotion to entertainment and leisure time. The 1920s were a golden age of sports heroes. Babe Ruth, Red Grange, Bobby Jones, Bill Tilden, Jack Dempsey. And Newman Stern could sell you not only all the gear and accoutrements that you'd require to emulate those greats, but also a radio on which to listen to accounts of their achievements. As long as Clevelanders had money in their pockets and free time in which to spend it, the sporting goods and electronics business was sure to thrive. For Arthur and Teresa, the house was a physical realization of the dreams of all those immigrants who had left Europe for America and a chance to make something of themselves. Arthur's parents, Jews from Eastern Europe, were both born in the old country, as was Teresa herself, a Catholic from Austro-Hungary. But the prevailing religion of the Newman household seemed to be Americanism. Arthur and Teresa set about creating a tidy little family and situating it in increasingly comfortable houses. In January 1924, Arthur Jr. joined the family in the small, neat house on Renrock Road in Cleveland Heights. On January 26th of the following year, in snow and ice so daunting that Art and Teresa dared not venture out, Paul Leonard joined the family. Within two years, he was tumbling and stumbling on the floors of the Newman's Dream House in Shaker Heights, the only childhood home he would ever remember.